Why, hello there, Taurus Nation. My name is Edson Ochoa, and I'm the host of the Down in the Valley podcast, brought to you by the beautiful game network, Refnick Scarves, Icarus of Sea, and Natural Beauty Spa. Uh, now, before we go into the second part of this uh, interview with RGVSC head coach, Jerson Echeverry, I do want to take the time to let you know that we have actually added or created a Patreon page uh, to help fund our goal on continuing to inform the public of the Rio Grande Valley about the RGVFC Toros um, in order to cover some of the cost uh, in, in order to do so. Uh, so we have launched a Patreon page at patreon.com slash down in the RGV where you can donate to us on a monthly basis and all of that money that, that we get from there will be used to pay for Facebook ads, uh, to pay for subscriptions that are necessary for uh, software that we use to create the podcast uh, or the show. Uh, and uh, as a patron, you will receive a lot of benefits that are mentioned on the Patreon page. Uh, so once again, uh, if you guys are interested, this is under no obligation. Uh, go to patreon.com slash down in the RGV in order to uh, see all of the different benefits that you get uh, from being a patron of uh, Down in the Valley. Uh, also, obviously, follow us on all of our social media. Uh, and, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, listen to our audio podcast like you're doing right now. And without further ado, here's the second part of this interview with RGV FC coach, Jerson Echeverry. We'll see you next time. So continuing, continuing on, now I do want to ask a little bit about, you know, the actual building of the squad and what are some of the characteristics that you look for in players uh, in certain positions once you determine, when you're starting to determine that final roster? Okay, so, you know, we... we... We wanted first and foremost, you know, we play a four-three-three. When whenever we, you know, uh, this year with Tap, he wanted to try to be as aggressive and playing with a high line and um, making sure that you know we press a little bit higher than we we could. Um, obviously, you know that's something that um, it's important with uh, uh, certain physical capabilities of some guys that we have. Um, and so when we build a roster, obviously, you know, we we, we did return some guys from previous years prior to. Uh, you know, just renew their contract. And then when we got, you know, a couple others, um, yeah, we, you know, when we have that roster, trying to mimic what it is, you know, that, that we have with the first team and guys that have a possibility of playing in that system and, and how to play in that system. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, we, we had some injuries, you know, and also uh, this year was a little bit different where our roster was a lot smaller uh, a lot considerably smaller because we were going to probably average, you know, three to four guys and sometimes five guys um, coming down to to play on a regular basis. You bring up you bring up uh, something interesting regarding the formation. You mentioned and you know, we see we see it as we saw it especially in in the later matches of the season where the team started playing more of a four three three with that high pressure just like Tab does uh, in MLS. Um, my question to you is, you know, how 
much how different or what were the challenges of because usually you would play a four two three one or four four two in, in in previous in previous years but how much is the challenge having to adapt to having to use a different uh formation for you well yeah i mean there were times when we tinker with a four two three one i mean i mean in reality i mean if, if you if you if you do i mean it's you know it's just an inverted. So you have a diamond in the, you know, in, in, in there. So if you have a, you know, four, two, three, one, it's just, you know, and then you invert it with a four, it gets called four, three, three, just how you're defending, whether you're dropping the guys up mm. or you're keeping them up higher. And the most important thing is having with one defensive midfielder is, is, and that's hard, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, there are times just you need certain characteristics um, to be able to have, you know, to just play with one defensive midfielder, how much they cover and stuff. And, you know, as opposed to two. And so that's what we have, you know, we had some challenges of sometimes just having one or, or two. I think that it suits us a little bit better with, uh, with two. Uh, we did change the, you know, at times how we were going to defend where, you know, instead of having high, you know, one higher, we kind of dropped with just three a little bit more flatter. And then we were able to move together and move our lines faster just so we can cover some some room as opposed to just having one guy trying to cover all of that and, and the guy stagnant where they were playing around us. So uh you know you you made certain adjustments and 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 um and, and you know trying to trying to win some of the games. Obviously like I said um you know we try to use what we had and the talent that we have you know to the best of our ability and there were moments in which I think we looked very good even in games that we lost. It's just that um you know for me it the, the silly defensive mistakes that we constantly made and we just find our found ourselves always behind the eight ball and there were I mean how many games were if you look at the games how many opportunities we have but when you're when you're giving up goals especially to San Antonio in the first you know five to ten minutes and in one game in the first nine seconds it's I mean it's not an easy you know uh it's not an easy uh hill you know or, or mountain to climb you know and and when you have some guys who's you know, whose confidence are not as high because you haven't won a game and pulled it off. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, when you look at the first, you know, the very first game of the season at LA, I mean, I had friends calling me. I, I had friends who used our first 12 minutes uh, as teaching moments for their teams and how to press and how to be all over teams, mm -hmm. you know? And then we gave up a silly goal because, you know, of a silly pass because, you know, you know, I mean, we went we went over that already and then <laughs> and then yes, all the guys it was just bottomed out and I made friends you know to this day and I even talked to junior after and he's like you know he said it to me he's like you could have been up four or five zero in the first 12 minutes and I have no idea he's like this score line is the craziest thing that I've ever and I'm like oh thanks <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. appreciate it you know thanks for the kick thanks for the kick in the you know <laughs> below the belt but um yeah, you know, it's it's just one of those. And then we go to El Paso, and the same thing is, you know, we're holding on, but <clears throat> you know, obviously with the difficulties that we have there, but you know, this is a team that, you know, it's it's all the way up. And if you saw, you know, prior to the second half, you know, we started cramping and falling, but in the first half, we had the we had three chances inside the six yard box that we missed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. You know, there that could have been up two or three zero, and then in the second half, I mean, we had guys cramping and and just was fatiguing and and just they couldn't even move. And then they, you know, they have a chance and they scored. And okay, we lose one zero, but 
it, it was just, we couldn't gut it out for five minutes because our team was exhausted. Like our whole team, like, I mean, Randy had a tough time, you know, between, uh, you know, getting guys into the bus, you know, for the next 12 hours, not to cramp in the bus and stuff like that. It was just, uh, that was a difficult road trip. And then, then we all know what happened, you know, with the, with the COVID scare. And then we played four games in like 10 days, you know, thanks USL, um, yeah. you know, for that one. And I, 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 I you know, and I and I said it to, and I had said it to Ron. I was like, "This is not good. This this could really put us behind the eight ball because playing these many games that you know, and it did with a young team, you know, trying to overcome and fatigue and our roster. We had we you know seventeen or eighteen guys at that. You know, we didn't have that many guys at that point because, like I said, mm-hmm. we lost we lost some guys that we couldn't have from the MLS. And then we, you know, as we signed, we're trying to sign some guys, some guys weren't available. Some guys, it was just like, so it was, it was, uh, it was a difficult uh, match there. And kind of going back to that match against LA galaxy Two, you know, it's a, it, it was a match that, which the scoreline you, you know, you mentioned may not have really reflected based on the first 12 minutes you know the performance of this match but it just went downhill from that first goal fast. The, it was it like it was like the players got all desperate you know the organization was almost null uh, especially out in defense which is which was surprising uh, considering that we had Cal Adams uh in the back uh being you know I guess you can say the leader uh, of that of that back line but yeah well he how, didn't have a good game that day he he that was one of his poorest games, really, to be, you know, to be frank. That was one of his poorest games, and it just didn't, you know, uh, unfortunately, I mean, when you look back and everything, and he'll tell you himself, you know, he just, you know, I don't know whether it was lack of being with us, or, you know, coming down from from the first team and playing with us, and, you know, Cello had a really poor game. So all the all, all the, the preseason guys with the Dynamo really had a poor, poor game, uh, and it was like, Okay, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, they were able to pick it up, you know, later. But in, in that game, it was, um, yeah, it, it 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 showed also how young and inexperienced we were because we got so desperate so fast in a game in which we were doing just fine, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I mean, if you look, the chances that we missed were. I mean, if we score one of those goals, I I think the floodgates open. You know? I believe, and, <clears throat> and I believe before, like a couple minutes before, LA Galaxy got their first goal. Purpa had an opportunity, like right in front we of the goal. Three, we missed three chances between the six and the and the penalty spot. Three. Yeah. Well, we'll so <laughs> I, I mean, that's that. Let's, let's, don't, don't bring me back before I start getting a headache, buddy. You know? <laughs> well, we'll talk about the offensive, the offensive line evaluations a little bit later. But the, the reason I kind of wanted to bring back is because my question is, how can you as a coach help the players recover mentally from these performances and media slash fan backlash? You have an idea of why I've talked about it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big lash, you know, and... and uh, you know, certain guys got more of the blame than others, you know, for whatever reason, uh, obviously we sat back and, and it's important. That was, that was important for us as a staff to make sure that, you know, they, that, you know, uh, you know, certain individuals uh, also took responsibility, you know, for that, you know, I mean, obviously the, the media, the fans and all, they have every right, especially after a scoreline like that to say, and, 
and express their opinions and stuff like that. And that that's for sure. But uh, we knew that certain guys were getting, I know when we went back to the video, certain guys got away from uh, or, or really missed out on some of the backlash when they didn't do their jobs. And it was like, and so we went back and we had enough time because obviously, you know, COVID took over right after that. So we had a long few months to dissect that game and everybody got their ear full and guys who who didn't play well, you know, we, we did, we, we dissected that game. We just dissected, you know, a few other games, but, um, you know, it was something that we were hoping that, that we can fix, you know? So, um, but at, at the end of the day, you know, we, we had what we had, we had the talent that we had and, you know, and, and I think that, you know, um, we, we had some guys that were, um, you know, that played a lot more games than maybe we thought because, um, you know, some guys from the Dynamo couldn't come down. We had some guys who became comfortable because they knew some guys from the Dynamo weren't coming down and just the competition wasn't going to be there, that regardless of what was going to happen, they were going to play. And and that's where it hurt us with, um, you know, having, I think, a really good plan pre-COVID, mm-hmm. but the plan after COVID uh took too long to put in place you know and so uh, but I mean can you blame the organization yes and no because uh, you know we had no idea if we were going to play matches we had no idea if if there was going to be a league if there was going to be games and so I guess you know um, and and when you look at all of the MLS teams we didn't you know who have affiliations you didn't know so it wasn't like they could just signing players when you didn't know what was going on was the mls going to play you know what i mean it was everything was so up in the air and so when you're not when you have no gate when you have no fans you know when you have no tv you know we just don't have any of those things it it, it, it couldn't be that easy to just start you know signing players you know because that i think that would have been um you know uh hard to explain you know okay we're signing players, but are we playing so uh, I can understand that, but, you know, but once we knew, you know, that we had matches, I, you know, uh, but it wasn't easy either. Uh, whether you're trying to bring international guys or move guys because of the pandemic, who you can move, who you couldn't move. There were guys, you know, and we had a hot spot here. We had guys that we talked to, who, you know, they, they weren't too keen on coming down here to the Valley because of, of our numbers too, you know what yeah. I mean? And mm-hmm. so, and then we had some other guys that we were looking at and then all of a sudden, we know, they caught it. And it's like, all right, well, that guy's out for a while. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we can't sign. And so it's like, there was so many, I mean, it was such a storm that just never moved. It just, it slowly stayed and it stayed and it stayed and it just, it wasn't moving away. It wasn't moving away. So that's, that, that's, that's, that, that, you know, that made it rough. That made it rough. And, and no matter what it is, is the internal competition that you need to have within a team is important. And, you know, and in certain positions, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Because of how reduced the, the squad was yeah. within, within yeah. the numbers. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, and certain certain positions just 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 were not, you know, we, we yeah, we it took us a while to be able to, uh, you know, to make adjustments. Do you felt that, uh, or, <laughs> let me see how I can phrase this question. But more along the lines of, like, this is the way, this is, I feel like maybe, the dynamo may have kind of nobody knows that COVID was was ever gonna was ever gonna happen right but the way i the way i see it like i felt that they were so confident in the in in this plan that they were gonna 
built this squad for RGV around the Dynamo Lonies rather than within the squad itself, that they didn't really have a plan B plan for anything in case in, in case they fell. That's just yeah, a personal no, I, 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 Yeah, no, no. I, I think you have, uh, you know, the observation that you have is pretty good. It's pretty spot on. You know, I, I think that was something that we didn't. It just, and when we, you know, and that was something that we talked about. It's not something that we couldn't see. You know what I mean? That, okay, we don't have these guys. We need to make sure that we, we have these things in place. But remember, um, as we didn't know if there was going to be a league because we went, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Once that closed, I mean, we didn't start back up. And remember, we, you know, we found out when, you know, three weeks before, four, four weeks before we started up again. And when we yeah. started up, it was individual training sessions and stuff like that, you know, yeah. but we didn't know there was going to be, so how can you sign players uh, to that? So to an extent, I mean, you know, obviously some other clubs did, you know, and, and they made some moves and stuff like that. But usually uh, the Indies. The independence, yeah. yeah. Well, the independence, it's just a little easier because remember the, the, the independence, this is their team to build they're just winning a championship. They're not this player, this player, this player, this player. It's not about moving up. This is their team. This is what they. So when they start the season, that's their team that they're going to have to try to win this championship. And maybe they'll add one or two guys later on in the season. That's that's what independence, you know, they'll do. Okay, hey, we'll boost it up. Similar to um, San Antonio, you know. Okay, okay. You know, they boosted up there. So they got, you know, they got the guy from, you know, from Canada. The four, you know, just to boost it up, they let go of Chewy and, you know, what, because that's what you do. You know, okay, this time this guy's brought these guys in. No, this team brought this one guy in to just boost up. But their team was pretty much the exact same team as soon as preseason ended. That mm -hmm. was their team. <clears throat> For us, that wasn't the case. Even when we had our team, we knew that there was going to be a, a combination of four different guys, you know, and it could be these four guys coming in this week, but it could also be these three or four guys coming ne this next week. So it could have been a rotation of different guys that um, that would help us. So that's that was the difference. And so um, it was it was difficult. It was difficult, especially with not knowing what this, uh, you know, how this was going to prep itself. As I'm being joined right now by RGBFC head coach Jerson Echeverry, uh, just a quick reminder, guys, uh, if you guys uh, are liking this uh, this show, be sure to give a like uh, down there. Uh, uh, a double. Uh, below. A double like below. In fact, I'm not going to ask you to. I'm ordering you to give it a, <laughs> to give it a like down there. Share this, share this stream with all of your RGBFC friends and family. Uh, share it on Facebook. Uh, Instagram, Tinder, whatever. Yeah. Just share yeah. it out there. They don't have to be from RGV, wherever. <laughs> from Houston. Where... America, Mexico, East Coast, West Coast, North, everywhere. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And But the, the point of this show is so that we, you as fans, can get an idea of what's really happening that you probably won't find anywhere else. Let's be honest. So the more, and I think, like I said, this, this is for you guys. So you guys can be more informed as the season, as the seasons uh, go by into how, uh, how this, this team uh, has worked and uh, we'll, we'll continue that we have a general idea that way we don't start uh, saying a bunch of dumb stuff uh, on social media. <laughs> anyway. yeah. But um one of the questions that was uh, brought up brought up by a fan um, in the, during the week, and he mentioned he asked, he's like, "Have you or, uh, or the Dynamo Scouts 
kept an eye out for new talent from Liga MX or any local Valley talent, especially local Valley talent. Yeah, we look, it's just, you know, in the Valley talent, it's difficult for us to find besides the guys that we know, either whether from college or from the, from our Academy uh, with the local talent, because during, you know, right now there's a pandemic still going on, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for us, in regards to getting some of the local talent, for, for me to start going into the men's league and stuff, unless we hear someone, I can't just start, you know, I'm not going to just start going into, hey, I'm going to go watch a game just and be around people where I'm at, I, you know, I have a family, you know, we, we might catch something, stuff like that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's also, you know, there needs to be, you know, I mean, there has to be some talent and there has to be someone that is, is we're going to go watch. It's not just to go and start fishing and, oh, maybe we'll find someone or another. Uh, the unfortunate part is, you know, um, we also have to think about when they're talking about um, it's, it's some of the better players and some of those guys who are play is uh, from a legal point of view is is citizenship and, 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 and things like that that you have to that you have to think of. So, you know what I mean? Uh, now, the second question with Liga MX and stuff like that. Those guys in Liga MX, maybe, you know, the, the, the second division stuff like that, it's, it's more likely. But the guys in the Mexican first division, they're making really good money, guys. You know, the, is to bring those guys in. Houston has a tough time, you know, being able to sign some of those guys and pay them now us. It's, it's, it's rough, you know, only maybe if we're trying to get some guy that's over the hill, you know, that's old who wants to come down here, but do we really need a guy Do we need a 34, 35, 36 year old guy who maybe can play 25, 30, 45 minutes at the rate that we need him to with a young team, that's going to be difficult. You know what I mean? So uh, I think the right guys is uh, now our scouting department, you know, that's up to Matt, you know, that they trying to look at, I look at some of the local guys and the American guys, and that's who we, we, we keep a track, you know, we keep an eye on the the dynamo look a little bit more at the international guys and, and mm-hmm. seeing, because remember, we also have to monitor the international spots between two teams. So it's, it can't be like, I'm, we're just getting, you know, Hey, we're just going to go after X amount or, you know, they allow seven international guys. And because, um, you know, just the way it works, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. the metrics is a little bit different. And I know the reason that a lot of fans in social media bring, always bring this up about local Valley talent. Number one, I've always seen comments that say, well, if we had more uh, players that were from the Valley that actually represented the Rio Grande Valley, a lot more people would go and things like that. That's obviously, a lie. Obviously, That's a the, lie. Proof, the That's... proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. Uh, but also, you know, a lot of people have also mentioned that the Rio Grande Valley has been a, a hotbed of talent uh for uh for soccer you know you, you see like you see brownsville i think was it was it hannah or brownsville porter one of the brownsville uh soccer teams in fact i believe cello was in that team where they won the state championship and the the, the and valley we soccer, best player cello yeah and we had and yeah and you know but so consistent from that team right cello mm-hmm. cello was the top player uh where did he go to school utr tv so he's the best player in Texas, all right? Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm not trying to knock UTRGV at all, but he's the best player in Texas. And, you know, he goes to UTRGV. Great job by Paul to get the best player in Texas at UTRGV, okay? So he stays locally. 
Okay, so it's comfortable for him these days. Okay, we get the best guy. We get the best guy. So we got the best guy in Texas to come and play for us. We have, uh, you know, we've had now for the last three years, we have Victor, who, you know, went to Mexico, play for Tigres. We have him here. We had Ontiveros at one point, you know, who obviously, you know, there's some other stuff, but he was a local guy. You know what I mean? We have, we have Brandon, who's another local kid, you know what I mean, playing for us. Uh, you know, we have Rocha, Diego Rocha, who also played and stuff like that, who's an academy kid playing for us. So whenever people say, oh, about the Valley, okay, so let's fill it up. How is it that, you know, we have those guys and, oh, we would go watch more games and stuff like that. That's the case. No, you come and watch whenever Santos comes to play us whenever Chivas comes to play, whenever Radales comes to play, because this area has an affinity and they love affair for the teams with Mexico, fine. But why can't we be their second team? Why can't we be their, their second? And I'm not saying, oh, you know, forget about your Radales or Tigres or Chivas or America or whatever it is. No, but why can't we be? Because it's a little easier for you to come and watch us here. Yes, can we bring some of those teams? Fine, but... They'd rather stay home and watch some of those. And that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Now, I really do think that Ron is doing a really good job of going out to the public and, 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 and focusing on the public and, and, you know, bringing in some of the, some of our fans or some of our possible fans, you know, and, and get into the community because <clears throat> we'll say it too. I mean, there's moments where we have, you know, I go to the HEB, which is a block, you know, two blocks from the stadium uh, and, Nobody has any idea. They're like, oh, what's that? Oh, oh, do you work out of the, you know, stadium? So they have no idea who we are in there. So, so, I mean, so for me, it's like, okay. So, you know, I think that the marketing since I've got here is so much better. I think, you know, via yes. radio and all that stuff, everything has become better. I think, like I said, Ron, meeting with fans, chatting with fans, talking, you guys, you know, giving us, um, you know, all, all of this uh, advertising and, and, and giving us, you know, so much, uh, so much props via social media and, and, and through, uh, you know, through things like this. I think those things are important. However, uh, I, I also hear, and we, like I said, we have some guys even within, you know, uh, that will go on the radio and say, oh, well, they have a youth academy, so nobody goes because they have a youth academy. I mean, like what? Like we've I've had we've had people say that because we have a Toros Youth Academy. That's the reason other people don't come here because we have a youth academy, and some of those coaches are not going to come and support because you're going to steal their player. What's the youth academy have to do with us? And let me ask you something: uh, Does does every other team has a youth academy? Every team in the world has a youth academy, but because we have a youth academy, people don't come to the stadium because I mean we've had. You know, I don't want to mention any names, but I know exactly who I'm talking about that has said that. And it's like, really? That's that's such false. That's such that's just not true. You know, and so uh, it's it's little things like that. So I don't know. Uh, I also think it's important, and I'm going to blame myself for this. It's like, yeah, you know, and whomever this is, we need to win more because winning will attract more. Absolutely, we do. We need to win. We need to do better. You know, I think we do put on a good show, but you know, yeah, we need to win and, and, and give people, you know, that satisfaction and stuff for that to follow us and come and watch us. But um, at the same time, you know, the first year of Toros, uh, you know, they, under Wilmore, they did very well. They won all stuff. So did they fill, did they fill the stands? Did they fill this place up? Yeah. Okay, well, they, so, so, so what do we need to do? So I think it's a combination of many things, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, we just have to have the people from the Valley 
Uh, and we just gotta get them to the stadium to see us. I think it's also because I think I think we put on a good show not only on the field but off the field. I think that you know uh, everyone that works at the stadium does a really good job to make it a good family-like atmosphere. And I think you know it, it's a good time, so that that's important too. And it's interesting because these are all um, things that I have mentioned previously on the show. You know, you talked about the affinity of the valley uh, uh, of us here in, uh, of us in the valley considering myself since I was born over there. Um, but the affinity of, they have this wrong reasoning. They see a love for the team as something that's, that's finite. So for example, I can't follow another team, even if it's local, because that means that I, that makes me love my Tigres or America or whatever less when it's not like that. I don't, at least I don't see it like league. that. It's not even in the same league. Yeah, exactly. And and, and so that so that's one of the things that that I've you know that I've talked about and I've kind of urged our fans, the listeners, you know, not to think of it like that. You know, you are this yeah, it's like team. You're treating, is, it's like you're cheating on your team because you yes. Follow. I know I've gotten a lot. Of, I've 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 gotten a lot of uh, flack from my uh, friends and family members from Monterrey because. You know, I am a diehard Tigres fan, but more recently, ever since I started with this whole thing, I started paying attention more to RGV and, and the, the Diamond. Here's the funny thing is, and, and, and when I when I when I when I see that and all that stuff, which drives me crazy, and and I don't understand that, but you know, and, and I hear that in this area. However, let's just go in Mexico. You know, you follow your team and you're for your team. But I remember when Chicharito got sold to Manchester United, man, the shirt sales and everything in, uh, in Mexico. When he went to Real Madrid, woo, the sales went up. Uh, when Vela was at uh, Arsenal, the sales went up. And it's like, okay, so I guess it's okay because why? Because they're over the pond because they're in Europe. Then it's okay to then, oh, I can follow my Mexican team. And then, no, it's like, I just, you know, it's a different league. Why not? Why can't you, why can't you follow, um, you know, your team? And also, especially if you live here, I can understand if you live in Monterrey and stuff like that. Okay. Are you going to follow a team, you know, from the, no, but if you live here in the U S if you live here in the Valley, there's nothing wrong with you loving and adoring your team first, that team that's in Mexico, but why can't there be some love for us? I don't know. You know, I mean, I, and I agree with you what you say. I, I think there's there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, you know, uh, with that. I mean, some of us, trust me, there's there's some of us who, who love the team all of our lives and then we have to play against them. You know, when you turn pro, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, and, and, and yeah, I mean, it, 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 is, it, is, it is what it is as a player. You know what I'm saying? So now you as a fan and you being here, like, why not? You know, like it's not gonna make you love Tigres less. Mm -hmm. You know, now if you start following, let's say Chivas, yeah, that that's that's a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't, that's a conflict because you're playing each other, but we don't play any Mexican teams unless you know it's a is um you know it, it's an exhibition and they come over, which I think they would love. Because I mean, last time we played someone with Santos, and I thought that was pretty good day for us. You know, a lot yeah. of Santos. You know, a lot of local Santos fans, you know, were, were kind of giving it to us and sticking it to us. And on that day, I thought that that was a great example of what we were capable of, you know. And so, yeah, it is what it is. So it's funny you mentioned that because last season when Tigres and the Dynamo scored off in CONCACAF Champions League, 
Oh my God. Both sides were that asking. That must have been hard. They were like, who are you going to support? Who are you going to support? Who are you going to support? I'm like, I know, who, nope. I know, I know for a nope. fact I know who you were going to support. Yeah, you try to stay even. I know, I know, I know who you supported. <laughs> we don't have to say who. We don't have to say who. But that's <laughs> all right. You know, so um, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is. And sometimes you get put, but that's odd. That's an oddity. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's rare. It's us here in the Valley. We are not playing for anything like that against a team, you know, a first division team in, in, uh, in Mexico, unless it's an exhibition or a preseason or something, which yeah. is just a friendly, you know, and, and, don't, so, and don't get me started on open cup. <laughs> yeah. That's, Tear. that's a little different. Yeah. Uh, my um, continue, continuing on, you know, another question that gets brought up in regards to the squad is USL experienced players, for example, bringing in a Billy Forbes or bringing a Forrest Lasso. What is the impediment for bringing a veteran spinal column into the team or a competitive core of players to not have to rely so much on Dynamo Lonies? Um, yeah, that's a good question that I, I don't, I, I, I don't really have an answer for is, uh, you know, it's something that we've talked about It's something that, you know, we talked about for this year, you know, prior to us knowing, you know, and with tab knowing that, you know, some of these guys, but that's been something that has been brought up in conversation constantly, you know, um, you know, to help and improve, um, in particular, if we are going to get younger, that some of those veteran guys can help some of the younger guys, especially if uh, if we're going to have some of the academy guys and some of these 16 and 17 year olds. You know, when you look at um, um, so that that's been in talks. You know that uh, I know I've been uh, uh, I've mentioned and and we've discussed, and so now uh, hopefully you know this this off season that's something that we're going to be looking to pursue because I think that that's. Uh, that's something that uh, that I've seen over the last two years, and and in particular when you look at the model of some of the teams that have done well, that are that have uh, uh, hybrids or that have affiliations. You know, when you look at the Renos and when you look at the Real Salt Lakes and when you look at certain teams that you know what they've done and, and, and go far in the playoffs. You know, when you look at their average, I mean, Real Salt Lake. If you look at the roster and you look at their average age when they won it last year that's not the age group of, that's not development they were trying to win. So maybe that's a little bit too far. You know, when you look at Reno, most of those guys, you know, maybe they have one or two, but most of those guys is, are they, you know, they're, they fall more in the line of more of an independent, you know, of an independent than, than really a, a second team. So, but that's what they do. We want to, you know, uh, we need to meet more, a little bit more like the Red Bulls, you know, uh, how the Red Bulls does work. But there's a difference that the Red Bulls are training Alongside, you know what I mean. So I think we need to find something uh, a happy medium in between, and and those are things that have been discussed by, um, you know, uh, by our staff and 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 the guys up in Houston. So because you know we see that um, that yeah that there needs to be we, we need to tweak things. In particularly now, I mean, we don't know what COVID's going to bring. You know, we don't know what restrictions and what protocols are going to be for next year. It's, 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 you know, I mean, if this continues the way it is, and if, if we don't find a, a cure, if we don't find a vaccine, if we don't find, there's no way there's going to be interaction coming back and forth. You know True. what I mean? So we will be in the same predicament ne next year. And no, 
we cannot be in the same predicament. So that, you know, as soon as uh, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully once we find out and, 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 and we start ironing out and, and, and Houston finishes their season and we start planning on that's that those, those are conversations that need and, and, and that need to be had. And, and, and we need to make adjustments because like I said, COVID cannot catch us unprepared or, 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 or without, you know, different plans uh, for next year.